I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And you are welcome along for the early week edition. Now that we have two editions, we have to start doing these intros different, Alan, uh, of, the, of the huddle breakdown. James here with Alan per our Recent adoption of different formatting. Enda will be joining us hopefully later in the week. We'll have a lot to talk about later in the week, Alan. So we're going to we're going to keep this one a little lighter. Look back on the St. Johnston. Let's call it an autopsy, I guess maybe <laughs> on that game, which was a- can you can you can you perform an autopsy in a rotten <laughs> yeah. fly eating corpse? <laughs> yeah, not 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 the greatest um, uh, work on. of art. In, in football history, um, but yeah, later in the week we'll we'll talk about uh, the derby. Had you know what we have at that time, we'll probably record Friday, so the the window won't be quite done. We'll see if there's more activity. We'll touch on some of that today, and um, obviously we'll have the Champions League. <laughs> Speaking of uh, you know something we might not be that excited about, get, getting whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See, seeing what the draw is on Thursday. So we'll have those to address with Enda, hopefully, on, yeah, on Friday. Um, so so I, we, before we went live, um, you and I were just discussing a little bit about, you know, trying to get people to not jump off the cliff, maybe walk back from the ledge a little bit. You know, the the uh, responses to, to the mm-hmm. weekend were understandably um, a bit uh, rash, I, sh- I, I would say. Um but understandably, again, you know, St. Johnston are dreadful. Um, they had just lost the Sterling Albion, I think, Albion uh, 4-0 um, not too long ago. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people have them kind of earmarked as potential relegation fodder. So to lose them at at home, or not lose, it's effectively a loss, I think, <laughs> mentally for most of us. Uh, but to draw with them at home uh, makes sense that people would react the way that they have, particularly with the recent loss to to Killy and things not getting off to a rip snorting start and uh, Rogers 2.0. But uh, our discussion was, you know what, in the broader scheme of things, it wasn't good by any means, but you know, we see these kind of performances even when things are chugging along. Um, so I, I just wanted to bring up one last season. We happened to win two nil at McDermott park, a, a shared opponent, different site. Yes. But um where, you know, if you look at like shots and possession and, you know, all that um, XG was comparable to, to the weekend. It's just their keeper had a pretty good game um, and we didn't finish very well. So that's, the you know, when you're when you have a bad day, uh, you're not performing that well. Those are the kind of things that can, you know, change what would have been a tight win into, um, you know, a draw that makes people want to jump off a off a cliff. Yeah, listen. Okay, so take a step back for a second. If we just look at the kind of the data from it, we'll, we'll get into the actual game, obviously. But if you just look at the data on it, and I listen, a lot of the commercial uh, data vendors had Celtic about one goal, you know, plus 
on XG, the model I've used for years, which is at least consistent, whether you like it or not, it's consistent over seasons, apples with apples and all that. You know, I had us over over kind of two XG, which, you know, we've been nearly three XG in each league game so far, right? Um, you know, Kilmarnock was obviously disappointing, very disappointing. Um, and again, you know, like you said, uh, you know, we had 48 possessions in the box to their six. You know, the packing scores were all very much in our favour, etc. Um, yeah, the shooting was poor. Only five shots on target from uh, 21 was, was was a bit disappointing. And their goalkeeper absolutely, you know, made two or three absolutely brilliant saves. Um, so, you know, all that being said, it's a game that Celtic should have won, really. They really should have won, OK? But I think what, for me, was disappointing was that, especially in that first half, probably should have been one or two nil. The disappointing thing for me is that the longer the game went on, the worse it got. And that, that was very much the case at um, Kilmarnock as well. Um, and that's what's what worry, that's what's what is worrying me. So we talked last season a lot about um, the substitutes changing the game. And you looked at the bench that we had, and then you looked at the back five that finished the game. You know, that back five, Hart, Ralston, you know, Lagabielka, um, Scales and Bernabe. I mean, you'd never you'd never expect to see that back five as 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 your start point to be chasing to chasing a game. You've probably we've probably at best got four or five players on that field that you would you would count in, in our first eleven. You know, we last season we were able to pretty much change like for like in terms of substitutes and steamroller teams in the last 20, 30 minutes, even if it had been a struggle up until the 60 minute mark. The subs coming on very little, very sh- slight, if any, drop in quality, and then a refresh in intensity in attacking areas. And, you know, we'd finish teams off quite easily. And actually, St. Johnson had the best chances in the last sort of 15 minutes, and had, had all their chances in the last 15 minutes. And it was Celtic that really created not very much uh, in, in that time. And that's that, to me, is the most disappointing bit, because it, it looks like there just isn't the depth there. You know, we accept that we've got a lot of injuries at the moment, Except we've lost players, we've not yet replaced them, which we'll come on to. Um, but you know, it just looks like the depth, the depth simply isn't there. You know, there's a lot of things. Listen, there's a lot of things that go into this. There's, there's things that we know that you know from what we've seen, right? We know that the goalkeeper is another year older, and, and without doubt, is, is slower. He's been very solid the last two games. Let's be honest about that. There's been no howlers. He actually made a good save. Uh, on on Saturday, but but honestly, before that, in the first two games, every shot on target went in. Right, so we've got a goalkeeper that's you're aggressing. You know, Callum McGregor in that game against Johnson is visibly, he's visibly slower, both in recovery, but also when he when the ball comes to him, he's just not his, his agility, his ability to control the ball. If you notice a few times, he was juggling with it quite badly to get it under control. There's a couple of times he tried to get away from players and he couldn't. Now Phillips, their sort of number six, he had a very good game. He was excellent, and he he, he forced a number of turnovers. Very physical, yeah, yep. yeah, very physical player, and and he did he did a great job. Um, but there's no doubt there's there's regression there in two key players through the spine of the team, and then you add in the fact that none of you, none, none of your defenders that you'd have as first picks were on the field, and you know we've lost we've obviously lost uh, Jota. So yeah, listen. Having said all that, is it a team that should beat St. Johnson? Yes, it is. Did they put up the performance that should have beat St. Johnson? By the numbers, yes. Uh, I know it wasn't pretty. I know, again, it didn't look like it was flowing. It didn't look like it was sort of that intense um, relentlessness. But nevertheless, having said all that, we still created more than enough chances. 
So, you know, is that on Rodgers? I, I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think he's down to him. We've got all these injuries and that this is what he's, he, you know, he came out quite openly and said, I don't, you know, there isn't enough quality on the field. I mean, that's pretty damning, actually. <laughs> but he well, didn't well, say that. <laughs> yeah, when, when you when you compared that back five and, and said that, it, you know, you wouldn't expect that, uh, <laughs> uh you know, you, you might have expected. Unless you're so, playing, unless you're playing Sterling Albion in the cup at home, you would never expect. Well, no, I, 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 right? or an early Champions League qualifier at Celtic five years ago. <laughs> oh yeah, that would expect that absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> under his first tenure, maybe, maybe it gets uh, the Red Imps. Uh, is it, that's the kind of back back uh, five that we might have seen. But uh, yeah, I take your point and um, largely agree with you. I, I guess the thing. So there's a couple of these. 100%. It's a game we still should have won, could have won, still relatively dominant in it. But that also speaks to just, I mean, at home, playing this dreadfully with all of the injuries, players that really are miscast, you know, Liam Scales is not a ball-playing center back under any circumstances, and I can get into that when we, you know, or we can discuss that in a little bit, probably discuss it more later in the week, depending on what goes on with the transfer window heading into the weekend. But, um so all of these things stacked up. I actually had a back and forth with um, uh, one of the St. Johnston uh, analytics accounts that I follow on Twitter that, I, that I've had a good you know back and forth with over the years. And, and I, I tweeted him. I'm like, what what the hell is McLean doing? They had four set pieces, including two you know kind of angled throw ins that easily you know perfect areas for a long throw in into our box. I'm like, how are they not throwing the ball into our box? We have a virginal center back pairing <laughs> uh, and new to the, you know, one new to the club and the other one not up to the level and a, and a team that is notoriously small, bad in the air. If you're St. Johnson, like what, how are you going to score? That's most likely going to be the case. And they didn't even put the ball in the box on any of their opportunities. And I'm like, so this another example. So you stack up all these things and so many of the domestic opponents are just Poorly managed, poorly coached, don't, you know, the gap in talent. So stack all these things up and we still probably should have won comfortably. It just talks to the skew of, you know, how ridiculous some of the the, the competitive nature is um, against some of these teams, particularly at home. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I almost it's one of those where if everything else wasn't going on, you'd just be like, it's a mulligan almost who cares and you know in the arc of the total season and what we expect to be with players coming in and out and you know recovering from injury and hopefully an active transfer window here in the last week you know it's it's like looking back to that 1-1 draw against Dundee United early in Ange's tenure where again just one of those days like we had I think like 25 shots and you know, it, it was just you, you drop points at times and more so than not domestically, unless it's against Rangers, it's usually some kind of iteration of that where you just have horrible finishing or a keeper that stands on their head or some combination of the two. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's more so the the contextual aspect of all of this, which is m- makes it feel a lot worse than it probably should. This is- it's on the back of a terrible performance. That's that's yeah. the other thing that's disappointing. Yeah. So that you yeah. don't see the reaction that you were hoping for. Well, and and, and, and you know, so so that this maybe this is a good segue 
Because I do we want to beat that dead horse anymore? That that carcass and autopsy. I, I was I was just I was going to try and do you know pull out some of the positives. We can. Please, yes. Then go ahead and do that before, yeah, before we transition. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a couple of things. So, I mean, I suppose Yang really Yang, Yang was to me uh, was a real positive. So, um, written about him today, so fresh in my head. But the reason why was he why was he a positive? Well, he 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 basically he he made himself as high and wide as he possibly could. And this is what we haven't seen from our wide players this season. So actually, Scales and Taylor did a decent job of finding Yang on the wing, um, especially in the first half. I think he tired in the second half. He went off in the 68th minute. Um, and what I liked about him was when he received the ball, he had really excellent body shape. So his body was open. Everything was in front of him because he was basically facing out from the touchline. He could go forward. He could come inside. Now, he mainly went, he mainly came inside, and that's one little thing. It all got a bit, a bit predictable, possibly, but he was doing it at pace, and he was doing it with excellent control. So he, 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 actually, um, he, he actually completed a Frimpong-esque number of ball carries, uh, and I, I don't say that lightly because, as we've said on here many times, Frimpong is elite-level ball carrier. And but Frimpong was carrying from deep, so he, he had more more space to run into. Yang was was starting position was generally in his halfway inside the opposition half, and he had ten ball carries. And to put that into context, Frimpong at his peak had eight point four two on average ball carries per game, um, and Yang had ten in sixty eight minutes. Okay, so he he not only not only did he get himself in a position to receive the ball, he received it high and wide. He was high up the pitch. If you look at his heat map, most of his activity was in the final third and in the box, which is exactly what you want. If you compare it with Maeda, it's just a, it's just horrible because Maeda's like mainly 30, 50 yards from goal wide and he's mainly coming back, right? So so I thought that was a real positive. Um, you know, did he do enough with it? Well, he set up a couple of chances. I think he had the second highest expected assists after O'Reilly, who O'Reilly was a real hot and cold. He, he did most of what was good for Celtic. He got into the best positions. He he did a lot. He was the most risk-taking of all the players, if I put it that way. But he also gave the ball away in the final third way more than anyone else as well. So he was a little bit wasteful. But Yang was definitely a bright spark there. Interesting to see if how he, his game would differ, being on the right, whether he would you know, really drive to the wing. And he, I think because he, he was actually turning on to his right foot and still cutting the ball back, which I really like, because that cutback, if you're in the box and you're cutting the ball back, that's fiendishly difficult to defend. That's how we got the O'Reilly goal up at Aberdeen. That's how we created a couple of chances uh, on that game as well. So I think, I think you listen, we give, give credit to him. That was a positive for me. Uh, other positives, I would say both Hart and, and Taylor, you know, we've been critical of this thus far this season. I think they were both, I thought Taylor was back to being solid, he was decent, you know, he, he, he got the ball forward pretty well. And actually, if you look at Celtic's overall shape, you look at the passing network, it was a classic, it was actually back to the classic 2-3-5 shape with the ball. We actually went back to that of getting five players bombed on, the, the full-backs tucking in, etc., and the centre-back. So we, 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 looked, we looked more back to a, a kind of, let's call it a normal shape under the last two, under the last two uh, seasons. So I think they were they were the main positives to to me. I guess I'm I'm struggling to think of any others. I mean, Kyogo had four touches in the box, and every single one was a shot. Unfortunately, none of them went in. He kind of went back to his traditional game. He struggled to get on the ball, and when he did, he tended to give it away a little bit. So, um, yeah, um, that was it. That was it for positives. I think <laughs> as much as I could glean, we can do some. Yeah, 
you want. <laughs> well, no, I, I think we'll skip that, but I'll, I'll just throw my two cents in on Yang. Cause I, I agree. He's got a lot of um, exciting qualities. And uh, when I do my uh, benchmarking profile, um, his acceleration and running stats were uh, very, you know, a standout um, that indicated he'd have this kind of ability. I, I think that the question is going to be, and you, I think you, you referenced that it, it'll be how that kind of scales against better defenders and um, more organized, talented opponents. Let's put it that way. Um, I think he's going to have the physical ability. I think it's beating someone one v one and then doing something productive against higher end opponents. I'm not saying he can't or he won't. It's just that you know his his um, his metrics that would suggest that that's a strength weren't really indicative of that so maybe he can grow into that and you know as, as we say and i've been critical you know you can't teach pace so it's good to start with someone that's really really fast and um on an applied basis meaning he's able to do it with the ball uh so I, that that's very encouraging I, I agree with you so if if um as it looks like palm is probably coming in and maybe we'll use that to transition uh, over to um over to the recruitment side is, uh, you know, I think Yang's going to be a exciting potential. You know, when people talk about current versus projects, I see the potential in Yang. Like I, there, that, that, um, that physical aspect of it and if he's got the mental makeup and all that kind of stuff, like he, if he can be – and he's of an age and if he can develop some of those decision-making and 1v1 type of skills, then, yeah, very exciting. Is he going to be the one that steps in <laughs> in the Champions League and make a difference? That's where I'd – you know, obviously have a much bigger question That's mark. Fair. Yep. I don't think you can underestimate the, the, the ability to run at pace with the ball yep. under control. And what he also had, what he showed was his ability to change direction quickly, to stop and actually wrong foot defenders. I thought that was excellent. Um, I agree with you, though, on the evidence of that one game, and it is only one game, that sort of, let's call it the old-fashioned end product, the final pass, et cetera, the final shot was was a bit wild on occasion. So, yeah, clearly that's that's the thing that we need to, you need to kind of hone in, in on. But in terms of ball progression, in terms of getting on the ball, in terms of that almost Jota-esque being very direct, uh, he, he was a good, he was a good sort of you know, pro- proxy for, for that for that aspect of Jota's play, at least. With with a well, bit more it, pace, to be fair, with a bit more yeah, pace. Yeah, yeah. I, that, I think he's got that. I, I'm not sure he's got Frimpong gear, but he's got. Um, I think he's better on the ball than Frimpong was. Frimpong, mm, I think, yeah. relied too much yeah. on his pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he's gotten better because it sounds like he's on for a big move here. But um, yeah, I, I, I think he's definitely a gear or two higher than than Jota, or pretty much looks like almost anybody that we have uh, at this point. So. Um, so yeah, let's, let's tra- transition over to the, the, uh, the transfer window then looks like, uh, Palm is probably coming in. Um, I did a little work up on him. You know, I, I, I've been, um, less than flattering on, um, recruitment quality really since, well, since I started doing this, <laughs> um, but I, I w- w- was, appreciably below consensus during the Ange era. And I, I thought I'd just start this conversation with framing this a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that I was critical of to begin with and only willing to push so far, because it, at some point you don't want to question someone's authenticity, particularly when you're the manager of the team that you're, <laughs> you root for. Uh, and, 
you know, latently, you know, there was some reporting and some talk and some ITK type stuff that I'd heard that, uh, you know, uh, Ange was not as thrilled, particularly with the first window um, as he made publicly. Right. So he would say, this is my signing. This is my signing." I think what we've and it's easier to say now, I think what we've found out in the last four months with Ange is that he was kind of what I thought he was all along, which is a very talented, different version of Brendan Rodgers. I mean, and I joked on the prior episode that, you know, it's always kind of a red flag when someone writes a book about themselves um, in this kind of in, in this kind of industry that you might be dealing with a, a persona um, and, and, and someone that's very ambitious and, and concerned about their their priorities. And, and if you look at Ange's time at Celtic, he basically did what he needed to do to get him to where he wanted to go. And fair dues to him. He's done it. And he's a very talented, smart guy. But. You're not going. Uh, you couldn't have convinced me back then, and you're not going to convince me now that he wasn't full. You know what? When he said that James McCarthy, that <laughs> Joe Hart, <laughs> and and a lot of these other signings were actually players that he would want um, if it was up to him. And that goes back to, you know, where are we really at? Because this is something that we've talked about constantly for for two years about it's great and just wonderful he seems a very gifted person we all enjoyed his time at the club but what happens when he leaves <laughs> and that's where we're at now obviously but it also brings into question how good has recruitment been uh what's the infrastructure who's the decision makers how good are they at their jobs um and we have a week left here. There needs to be a lot of progress, man. Hopefully it'll still happen. We've been preaching patience <laughs> for the last month on, <laughs> on, on this show uh, w- with the increasing dial of anxiety cranking up. Um, I don't, you know, Palma f- kind of fits with in my judgment. Again, it could be wrong. I'm just expressing my analysis and opinion. Um, I hope I'm wrong is he looks like a good, decent player, but not a needle mover from what I can tell. Um, so, what are your thoughts on how things have been going and what's your relative level of optimism as we head into the last mm-hmm. few days here? Yeah, we've been preaching patience and sort of feel like we ought to eat our own dog food in that respect. <laughs> but I have to say, you know, listen, we tried to be evidence-based, okay? And, uh, you know, opinion shifts along with the evidence. Um, it's taken, I don't know how many days did we... How many days is it since we kind of made contact or reached agreement on Palmer? Uh, you sort of think if that if that's how we're doing business, then we're not going to sign anyone else. <laughs> it would be the logical thing to say. No, listen, in reality, we know that, especially if you're looking for talented players, talented players are going to have lots of options, right? And they're going to wait for each of those options to play out before they make a decision, you know, by the end of the window. You know, as, as we know, both Carter Vickers and Jota, neither of whom any of us had heard of. Um, arrived pretty much on the last day of the transfer window on, on a loan-to-buy loan basis. Um, and, and the same thing, similar thing might happen this, this season. You've got to accept that fact because, again, talented players will, will wait and see what all their options are. So let's not discount that happening. But, again... My understanding, let me put it that way, is that you know, Rogers wanted a goalkeeper, a left back, a centre back, and a box to box midfielder. He then needed to get a winger when Jota left. So let's 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 look at the positives. I think we brought in two centre backs. We lost Starfelt, so we brought in two. 
And as far as Rogers is concerned, he's happy with Welsh as his number four, if you like. Welsh signed a new contract and then immediately got badly injured. It's just unlucky, right? I like the look of Agrabielka, by the way, was another real positive for me from, um, from, from, from Saturday. I thought he was really aggressive in his passing. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. I thought his defending was tidy and competent much much as he had to do. Um, and and, and Vrotsky, for as much as we've seen, looks, again, looks a very kind of um, solid, sensible, organised defender. So all good on that respect. So no issues with that. So where are we? We're three days left, right? Goalkeeper, left-back, box-to-box, midfielder. And it looks like Jota's being replaced by, let's not call them projects, because they're players that have achieved things in their own level. But, you know... <laughs> They're, 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 there's still a lot to prove in terms of, you know, can they stand up to the bigger games in Scotland? Can they stand up to Champions League level, etc.? So all that together makes me, you know, a little bit concerned because I, I just don't think there's the time. If we, if, if you know, to do the deals that I think we need to do to make us not weaker than when we started, that's always the best, isn't it? Are you stronger than when you started at the beginning of the window? And unless we don't get those those positions, I don't see that we're stronger frankly. And I just think we're running out of time. Now, again, not panicking, there's still time. But again, in my experience, when you're looking for a certain position, names find a way, like water, they find a way to percolate and and, and rise up uh, into the public consciousness, right? You know, the, the tyranny interest was a real thing. The only other left back that's percolated into the public consciousness has been Merlin at Nantes. 
and, and even that seemed like a keeping tabs on type situation. So is there anything happening there? You know, the goalkeeper, there was a lot of chat about Lovanovic that went on for months, waited until they were out of the Champions League and then he immediately went to Fenerbahce. No other goalkeeper has been mentioned. No other goalkeeper's name has has bubbled up into the public consciousness. Now, that is not to say that for once, you know, that Celtic are doing an absolutely brilliant job of keeping all contact, all negotiations, all interests under wraps, and none of the involved parties, agents, scouts, other clubs, are have said a peep about it to anybody in any country. You know, that all may be true, but it's unlikely, and history suggests that isn't the case. So I'm, I'm concerned that there's just a lack of any sort of noise, really, or chatter or anything about these key positions. You know, there's a bit of noise about another striker who, again, seems like a good young prospect, but very expensive. Goalkeeper, left-back, box-to-box midfielder. <laughs> to me, these are mission-critical. These are right. mission-critical. And I see right. no evidence, no evidence of any progress on filling those three positions. And that, to me, would be horrendous. Yeah, the the one thing that we have heard bubble up, and it again, it, it doesn't, Maybe the second wave sounded more, and again, we're speculating here, which is, you know, obviously all we can do. We we hear certain things like a lot of people, I'm sure, but, um, you know, it seemed like a f- couple weeks back, maybe um, there was the percolation, almost like the club was trying to get out ahead of a narrative on Hitate being extended a contract, which again, why that story would have come out when it did, he still has three years left. You know, that's why I was skeptical, you know, as far as motives, like who's doing this and why. It probably wasn't Hitate's agent at that point. That wouldn't make sense. Um, and and at least it wouldn't to me. Now, maybe, you know, again, there's more kind of bubbling up about that and rejecting it and maybe wanting to see what goes on after. There's talk of interest from different markets. I think I saw France, maybe, you know, club in France or in England. And, you know, so. Um, this goes back to one of my bugaboos and one of the reasons why I've been very concerned that Ange was masking a lot of, uh, structural issues. You know, if I I'm still yet to see a coherent player trading model, even in the sense of, I mean, they're almost backing into it by accident. Let let me, (laughs) um, explain what I mean by that is that, you know, a coherent model would have had one, probably two, even three of these young players targeted to sell this summer proactively and to maybe do it in a way um, that a lot of clubs are doing, which is late in the window, right? That's when you typically extract more money unless there's a real desperate buyer early in the window. So it should have been, you know, either O'Reilly, Hitate, Abada, um, Jota, I don't think from what I've been able to read, and again, maybe I'm wrong, but from what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, the ITKs I have some relationships with, didn't seem to be like any of those players were pipelined in a proactive way to be sold. That's not a player trading model. That's Saudi Arabia happened to be going on this berserk spree and sprayed 25 million pounds at Celtic and we said oh <laughs> and Jota said holy crap I'm getting 200 grand a week if I go um you know that that's not being proactive so the problem with that is not only from a model perspective at what point does Celtic I, I have no idea on this I don't know any agents I don't know anyone that knows agents but if I put myself in an agent's shoes it's kind of like 
you know, when I, when I did going into the 10 in a row season, if I was Edward's agent and uh, Celtic gets knocked out of the champions league, I want him out of there ASAP <laughs> like yesterday. Um, Cause he's done his two years, you know, that's when he should be going. Right. And he wasn't. Uh, and Chan wasn't sold when he should have been. So you, you have a bunch of a, a, a chronic timeline here of players that go to Celtic and do not get sold when they should have. I have no idea whether they get promised or told. And, you know, promise would be too strong a word, but whether there's some kind of you know understanding that well, you come to Celtic, you get a year, you know, one to three seasons, or ideally two, and then we're going to move you on. Like we're the conduit to the champions or to the uh, Premier League or some of the big five leagues. That is a model. It makes sense. We're not doing it. So if I'm an agent trying to place my my young, talented player who's maybe a, you know, excess to spare parts at Man City or spare parts at Benfica or some of these other clubs, why am I choosing Celtic as my destination to place my my young talent? Because in my self-interest as an agent, I want to take care of them. Okay, yeah, but I want to make money. And I, that for me to make money, that's got to be done in a way of a conveyor belt of moving talent when it should get moved to the big leagues. And, you know, I think it's a, there's a reasonable case to be made that Celtic haven't been delivering that. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think as supporters, we still, I think, and I'll include myself in this to some extent, you know, we're still, you know, you know beholden to the model that says, you know, you remember the team that you grew up with. So for me, it'd be like, you know, that you you could name the team, you know, Proven, McLeod, Burns, you know, McAvenny, et cetera, because they were there. They were there for years. You know, yeah. were, a lot of them were Pre- there for many, many years. And we love that. We love that as fans. They were they were guys that many of them were kind of local or many of them had a, some history with the club and, and they stayed there for years. And this notion that, like you say, you, you almost... But you know, but it has to be that way. I you know these days are gone. It has to be that way, like you say. You have to bring people in on the understanding. You know, if you you know that you know do well for us, we'll do well for you. It's as simple as that, right? So it's a you know you're not going. We don't expect you to be here for ten years. If you're here for ten years, you're probably the number three goalkeeper, right? It's like <laughs> that's not what we want. We want Something be, went we want badly to, wrong. If they're, if they're here yeah, that long, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. want you to score thirty goals a season, and then. We go for a ridiculous amount of money, and then we'll find that we'll find we'll be able to afford two versions of you, you know, uh, how you were two years ago, type of thing. So, absolutely, no, I'm 100%. We the problem is, there's no again, I came back to there's no kind of credible benchmark in Scotland, so we we look great in Scotland, but you know, that's that's just you know, if that's if that's your horizon, if that's all you can see, then you know, you're 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 just you're myopic, you know. You need to look at what some of these clubs in Europe are doing. As I said before, where our turnover is is that of a small, you know, Scandinavian successful club with ten thousand fans. That's how that's that's where we're that's where we are as a trading model, not or you know, or some mid mid table Dutch club, you know, who who who've done a great job in flipping players. That's 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 who we are. We should be aspiring to be, you know, as good as the top teams in Holland, the top teams in Portugal, the top teams in Belgium, even uh, in terms of turnover, that's volume and value, volume and value. And you know, we're failing yeah. on both points. And that Jota, Jota will stick out like Tierney for years to come, held up as an example when actually it's the exception. Uh, you yeah. know, we should, we should, we should be flipping a Jota type deal every summer. 
that's on top of Champions League money, and we should be buying two, two, ten million, you know, twenty, twenty, nineteen, twenty-year-old kids that are going to go for thirty million in two years' time or forty million. That's you know, easy for me to say, difficult to do, but that's that's the that's what you should, that's the aspiration. That's what you should be that's what you should be heading for. You know, you take you have to start with the first step. I think we have done the first step. I think we're, we're you know we are some way down that, but like you say, we're nowhere near where we should be. Yeah, and it, this is where we go back to who's who's the architect, who's the you know who's got the vision. Uh, it seems like we're trying to do some some version of City Financial Group's model of buying young uh, and and barbelling that with you know some more in your prime type players uh, that that's, you know, from whatever, all I've seen and the reporting that seems to be what they've done in their kind of satellite clubs, you know, outside and in the U S and I think they're in India, obviously Australia, uh, Japan. I think they just bought a club in Brazil. Um, But, you know, it's working within that kind of machine that's already been set up is different than creating a machine. And it ultimately comes down to who are the people and what's the process for identifying talent. And, you know, I, I just, I can't make heads or tails of it. Like I, I don't see, I I don't, you know, the the same, the same process that has them select Obligard as a defensive midfielder and Bernabe as a left back, a supposed inverted left back, which yeah, when when we signed him, I said, oh, he's got some really interesting attacking output. So maybe Ange is going to go to a, you know a, a three four two one or something and have attacking wingbacks. Like that was my thinking because there's no way he could have been recruited to be <laughs> an inverted fullback. Um, so how, how you know there's such a lack of coherence to to a degree that this is where we go back to fine margins, right? So that that's where I, I'm pretty confident that we're going to throw some money at the problem, and we're going to have some inbound players, three, four, whatever's left. But are they going to be coherent enough relative to how this manager now plays? Because again, this goes back to the issue of transitioning. You know, we had this discussion about whether um, uh, what's his face from uh, Yokohama that played for Rangers, Muscat, <laughs> would be, uh, you know, a coherent hire after Ange because you're basically just plugging in the same model of recruitment uh, for the same profile of players. And pretty clearly, you know, Rogers has wanted and craved a different type of player than what we've been recruiting. So we're back to this incoherence and, you know, we can't turn over the whole freaking squad in one window. What are we at? Like 34, 35 players. Um, so with inbound, yeah, we failed to trim the squad as well. That's the other failure in my book. I've said this, I said this at the beginning of the yeah. season. I said, you know, there's a, a big job to do. And, and, and part of that big job is to get rid of a load of players. And we haven't done that. So that, that's, that's not on Rogers either. That's not his role. He's identified the ones he doesn't want. It's up to the, you know, it's up to Nicholson and co to get rid of him. Um, however, you know, creatively that is, but you know, it comes back to, I agree with you. It comes back to, you know, we talked about structure, okay? We talked about organisation. And, you know, you can have a modern football club in terms of an operational blueprint that somebody could look at, a consultant could look at and go, yep, 
you know, you've got this, you've got this, tick, 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 tick. You've got all this equipment in your sports science, tick, 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 using this software, tick, 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 tick. You can have all that, right? And maybe Celtic have got most of that. I suspect now they have, right? But unless you don't have the talent cranking the handle on it, it's a fucking waste of time, right? So to your point, where where, where is that talent? Who is that talent? AA, is there somebody, as you say, you call them an architect, you know, where's the strategy being set? And I'm talking about the football operations here. I'm not talking about running the football club. I'm talking about I'm, I'm, not talking, I'm talking about the operation of running the stadium and all that stuff. I'm talking about the football operation, just the football operation. That's, think of that as your director of football type role. Where's that architectural blueprint? And where's the talent that's in the right place that says, actually, I can deliver on that. I can execute to that blueprint. I'm, I'm excellent at that. Whether it's scouting, whether it's sports science, whether it's analytics, whatever it is, you know, you can fill you can fill those you can fill those uh, roles no problem at all. But have you filled them with the right talent? This is what this is what you know. And the only proof of that is that we can see because we don't know the people is uh, in the results in terms of the recruitment, the treatment of players, the conditioning, you know, the health of the players. And at the moment, none of that looks good. Right? Yeah, and it, this goes so, back to the issue. Yeah. Some of the some of these players are obviously like Carl Starfelt just put in a pretty good performance against Real Madrid. Uh, I watched a little bit of it, and yeah, I was on Twitter, and I happened to see some of. I, yeah, I love that little translate button. On Twitter. Back, 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 back to the wall defending. He'd be brilliant. Well, exactly. That exactly. <laughs> um, so that that's where, and I, I agree with you uh, to a degree on Lagerbilk from the weekend, but I also have some concerns there because, you know, again, his profile. He, he's not the fastest. Right. So he's, he's not going to if he's playing a high line, he's not going to have recovery speed. So, you know, against, uh, you know, uh, Sima or Matondo, <laughs> who runs in the half space on su- Sunday, that's probably not going to be the level of of pace that he's going to be able to deal with. Um, and even his his pad, like I this was his profile. His data profile was like, you know, really good long passer. And I think we saw evidence of that already. Um but how press resistant is he going to be? He has, he's never played in a in a team where he's had to build out from the back, and particularly with a keeper like Joe Hart, that's maybe not great at it. Um, so how how much is he going to be able to take a, a pass with his back, you know, to the opponent's goal facing Joe Hart on a half turn with you know two guys flying at him at full speed at a at a, at a pace that he's not used to, um, you know. Above and beyond the fact that just by definition, you can be a really good long passer as a center back, and you're still going to have a lot of those not work, <laughs> just because of how you know risky they are. Um, and and again, this goes back to issues about transition and there are issues in midfield. So it's all these things kind of interconnect. Um, so I, I see like a lot of great aspects to him, but how does it fit very specifically within? you know, the situation that we have, particularly if he's going to be thrown in as a starter, which is a different calculus than, you know, I don't think the intent was that. Um, but this goes back to the layering of risk factors and injuries. And we, <laughs> we flogged that uh, earlier in the window yeah, yeah. too. So yeah. I mean, how far do you want to go? Are you going to start with, you know, potentially Ralston, Lagerbeel, Scales and Taylor? I mean, I don't even know where you start with that in terms of yeah. you want to layer in risk factors. Pace being well, the least of your worries. <laughs> so you, you'll, you'll appreciate this stat because I looked it up. So, you know, I, I have kept tabs on scales just, you know, because of uh, Enda's love and um, 
you know, j- just out of curiosity to see how he would do at Aberdeen. And there's this narrative, I think, that he had a really good season at Aberdeen. And then I look at his profile from the season, and I have a hard time finding that. Um, and with about half the involvement on the ball as Starfelt, he had the same error rate. <laughs> so, so that, that, well, so, yeah. so, so take Starfelt's error rate. And if he had the same volume at Celtic double <laughs> would be the rate that he was, you know, uh, giving the ball away. Yeah. To, to be, to be, to be fair to end up, I wanted to be balanced because again, you know, you read, you read the sort of reaction afterwards. That's either players are either brilliant or rubbish. Right. So you listen, this is why one of the reasons why I collect all this data. So it's trying to be balanced about scales, okay? You know, no nobody nobody had more of the ball than he did. <laughs> That's like damning with faint praise. But you know, <laughs> he had 124 passes completed, 94%, highest in the team. Yep. Right. So that's good. I mean, that's that's kind of competent, right? Um he won most of his aerial duels, to be fair, as well. Um and actually he had the most packed passes of anybody on the team, 25. Right, yeah. the next highest was fifteen. But the problem is that Lagerbilka was next highest. He had ten less pack passes, but he had the same packing score. Meaning, Scales's pack passes were pretty safe. They were taking out the front two essentially. Yeah. Whereas Lagerbilka was fizzing the ball into O'Reilly at the edge of the box. And like you say, not some of them didn't come off, but some of them did. Right, and so they were pretty effective passes. The real problem, of course, for Scales was so that was always, so. Listen, ninety-five, ninety-eight percent of what Scales did on the pitch was absolutely competent, no problem with it at all. Some of it was decent and, and a bit, bit better than that. He had three defense, three bits of, of what I call sort of you know reactive defending to do in the second half, and he butchered every single one of them, and 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 one of them led to their best chance with a shot that Hart instinctively save fair play um yep. and it, it it's just the, the the speed at which he was operating or la, or lack of speed at which he was operating was just so slow and it, i don't think he was deliberately being slow i just think that's the speed that he operates at and and it just is simply too slow a cadence of of play to play for Celtic. you can't you cannot amble about the field that so it's not like i say he was just couldn't be bothered if that's the speed he operates at, that's fair enough. It simply isn't fast enough. And like you say, when St. Johnson weren't a pressing team. They weren't putting him under... When right. they did put him under pressure in the second half and he was having to deal with long, high balls and they went over his shoulder, he lost all three, right? So that is that is just... It's just not good enough. And I'm sorry, Ender, but it's just not good enough. Well, and um, that's... And that that, that, be, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's why I bro- brought up that stat is because, you know, under a pressure cooker of being pressed. Um, and I, I suspect, I mean, I, if, if, if I'm Rangers playing, we'll, we'll talk about this more later in the week, but if I'm Rangers playing at Ibrooks against this Celtic iteration, I'm pressing as crazy as I can forward. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to squeeze the game as much as possible um, forward. So I, you know, the idea of, of, um, you know, them having six guys or seven guys around our box with that triangle trying to play out from the back of Lagerbilk and, and um, Scales and Hart. It's, it's you know, alarming, I guess. Hopefully we go long is kind of what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it, you know, I root for him. He's somebody I want to do well. 
but it's mm. you know this is why we go back to the trying to stick with things that can be a little more objective because um when when you're inclined to root for somebody sometimes you miss some of the obviousness and um yeah i i, I agree it's I, I'm not even sure he's an Aberdeen level defender is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, and, 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 and to, in fairness to him, they moved him around a little bit. I, 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 it seems like he did a little better when he was the left center back in a back three. So that might fit him better. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, playing that in a back sense. four, it's Celtic is a completely different animal. Um, mm-hmm. and God help us all if it's in the champions league, but we'll leave it there for the week. Uh, Anything else you wanted to touch on before we? Uh, there's still hope, I guess. Is that that's we, we, we're the clock of is course, ticking. Always, always, yes, always. We we haven't given up on hope. Um, may, maybe there's some uh, last minute deals that come off and some uh, quality talent identification that's been pipelined. Um, we can hope for that. Maybe, maybe we'll get six in. We'll get the, maybe Santa Claus shows up and we get we get six in. Well, you know, Rod, Rodgers is going to be pretty upset if we don't get the minimum that I mentioned. I, I can't see anything otherwise. Yeah. I... Anyway, listen, let's let's pick it up on Friday when we go through that yeah. and then we'll go through the, the, the Derby stuff. And uh, no doubt by then we'll be having to, you know, try and push back the wave of rampant optimism from the other side of the city, I'm sure. You know. Right. Well, fortunately, in one one off game, there's anything can happen. But yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll talk about the Champions League uh, draw, and uh, Enda will be back. This is the part where I remind: if you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button. Comment below on YouTube or in uh, iTunes if you want to leave a, a review. Uh, Spotify, follow us there. However, you get your uh, your your podcast, uh, we appreciate the support, uh, and we will be back later in the week. 